Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice for Petersfield's Shine Radio. The last time I saw Helia Bowling was at the Hampton Court Palace Flower Show in July last year, where she was at the Alitech stand with the most gorgeous cutting flower garden, which won five stars. Hello, Helia. Hello, Claire. Nice to see you again. Really lovely to see you again. I can't believe it was July that we last saw you, but what an incredible flower show that was for you. Can you explain how that all came about, please? Oh, well, I started doing some seed sowing classes and Nelly from Anitex asked me if I would do a seed sowing class with her. And then would I think about creating a cutting garden for their Hampton Court show garden? And of course, I just said, yes, of course I would, because that's like the dream job with some of her volunteer growers from her grow club. So we started growing our seeds in April last year. It got very, very cold all of a sudden and it took ages to germinate. And suddenly we were a bit worried whether we would have plants in time for July because I've never really grown them for a particular week. You know, they had to be in flower the first week in July and you don't normally think about that at all. So we started growing and they did germinate and then we had all weather. We had heat wave and gales and all sorts. Um, one of our friends in Scotland had rain, constantly rain. But we all turned up at Hampton Court to plant with all the plants in our boots of our cars. And, do you know, we suddenly had a garden on our hands and you could really see it coming together that the literally the butterflies and bees sort of descended and around them. And it was amazing how the garden really just started sort of creating itself and it was just the most fabulous garden once it all came together really really wonderful experience we loved it I remember it was a very hot week but what an amazing experience And, and what have you been doing since then in your garden well I have been sowing a lot of autumn sown annuals with my business partner Sophie we do seed sowing classes online as a group and we sow and grow seeds you know so that we have seedlings for the next year and we find if you do it as a group you you kind of do it at the right time you don't get disheartened when things might go wrong we motivate each other so I've got a load of seedlings in my greenhouse that I'm wondering when to plant out because they're all hardy annuals and that means that they are frost tolerant but they're my little plant babies so I'm a bit nervous about putting them out so yes so I've been doing that and oh and I've been doing a course on learning to be a garden designer so I've just started that so exciting yeah it's very exciting things that happen from sowing a few seeds (laughs) well we're here in your Hampshire garden it's looking beautifully spring-like you've got a gorgeous spring border just behind us there and we're outside your greenhouse right now I can see there are lots of lovely exciting seedlings in there do you tend to grow more flowers for cutting than anything else yes I started with a few and then you get a bit addicted to the flowers I'm not so good at vegetables I think I sort of I don't know it maybe it was through having children and the summer term's busy and that's when you need to give them a bit of attention or you're harvesting and then I forget about it but but I'm trying to go back to a few vegetables a few vegetables that I like to actually eat but it's mostly flowers annuals for picking because the more you pick your annuals the more they grow I find that just magical you know you can go and pick a bunch and then they will replenish 
and I've also got dahlias. So my dahlias are in the ground with a nice layer of mulch on top of them and I'm hoping that the frosts that we had in January have not killed them. But you don't really know until, I don't know, I won't know until June, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. So where did your love of growing flowers and particularly growing flowers to cut, when did that start? Do you know what? I don't, I never really used to garden as a child. My parents, you know, my dad mowed the lawn and my mum tended shrubs and we used to rake leaves off, off the lawn. We'd, that would be a game, we'd play and rake leaves. And then it was when we had a garden, my husband and I had a garden in Greenwich and it was a little postage stamp garden and there was nothing in it, but it was our little space. And we'd go to Columbia Road Market, um, which is a flower market on a Sunday in the East End and we'd come back with a tray of busy lizzies or geraniums and we'd plant them, plant a window box and we'd both just got into it and then as his job took us sort of around the country we ended up in a rent rental houses and of course you can't really invest in your own garden when it's not your garden but one of the houses we lived in had a greenhouse and at that time I think Sarah Raven was starting her seed business and the seed packets were really vibrant I can picture them now they had sort of neon orange pink and green tops to them and that really sort of lured me in so I bought a few packets of seeds and I grew them in this this rental house green house and then I had my children and you know I dabbled a little bit but then coming here where we had a big vegetable patch I sort of thought I'm going to start growing some flowers again my husband we have this sort of gripe with each other that he doesn't ever buy me flowers ever I always say it's because he's an accountant and he doesn't really see it as an investment (laughs) I'd whinge to him and say oh you know why don't you buy me flowers I'd love flowers and he said well you've got a garden full of flowers so why would I buy you flowers and it was then when I realised I didn't really cut them because it's quite hard to cut flowers you've grown you know you you cut you grow a border to make it look beautiful and the last thing you feel like doing when it's suddenly in its prime is going and cutting it but with your annual flowers cutting those flowers prolongs their life it makes them reflower and so I kind of challenged myself to going and picking some flowers for me that I've grown so that if I wasn't going to be bought flowers I'd pick my own and the more you do that the more you practice the more you handle those flowers I think the more engaged in your garden you get you watch them you touch them you pop them in a vase you're looking at them all the time and then you see the the plant that you've cut from recover and new shoots come out and you sort of work out oh right that's how it works it's like it's like deadheading only you cut the live head off and then it reflowers so it's magic it's really magic and so you have flowers all summer and actually you find that you've got more than enough flowers for your own needs and that's when I started you know people would ask me to do bunches of flowers for them and that's how everything sort of took off a little bit I did flowers in our local cafe I did flowers for parties I did a couple of weddings little lockdown I know I'm not a wedding florist one was a lockdown wedding and the bride wanted to come and pick her own flowers and make her own bouquet and so she came round the garden in August which is not the best time of year to go around the garden 
but you do have quite a lot of cutting flowers in August and she picked all her own flowers and then we made a bouquet for her wedding and I had another bride this summer um, from Medstead who wanted to do exactly that and as we walked round we just picked the flowers that she liked and at the end of it I had a bunch of flowers in my hand and she said well that's that's what I want that's the bouquet I want and it was a real privilege to do it scary but they're not as arranged maybe as sort of what a proper florist would do I'm not a florist that's really lovely though how special that's so so personal yeah it it really was special and then to do the Alitex garden I do say it is the best thing I've ever done in the world (laughs) it was the most fabulous experience it really was is that going to be repeated this year or going to be something else happening I I think every year Alitex come up with something different so but I'm going back in March to do a seed sowing class at Alitex and I've also got one at the Global Artichoke in a long parish in Hampshire so that's in the beginning of March so there's two face-to-face in-person classes and then we've got this little sort of enterprise sows and grows which I do with my business partner Sophie and so we've got a create a cutting patch class starting where we will hold people's hands through the sowing and growing of seeds and seedlings because people find it a little bit scary actually it's quite easy to buy packs of seeds it's actually quite easy to germinate them but it's taking them from that little germinated seed to a plant in the ground people like having a bit of hand holding and it's really fun you know we're all really proud of what we've grown together so we've got that starting soon there is something isn't there about growing things together I mean that's why we do this podcast as well because it does help to have that support and to know that other people around you are doing similar things and you can ask questions and you can get some advice and it does make the whole experience a lot more fun even if you're gardening on your own you know there are people close by that you can reach out to and help so we're outside your greenhouse can we pop in and have a look and I'd love to find out what your go-to cutting flowers are that you tend to sow that you keep coming back to Oh, I do have some favourites. I I mean, on the floor, I've got some cornflowers, which I sowed in September, but I would also start to sow again quite soon for succession flowering. So these would flower June probably because they're autumn sown. But if I sow another load now, then I'll get a later flowering in the later summer. But they're super hardy. I love growing cornflowers because they're such a great doer. You put them in the ground, you pinch them out, which means you sort of nip out the top growth shoot which is trying to shoot up one big flower stem it's quite brutal you pinch it out with your fingers but what that does is it tells the plant to grow lots of different shoots so you can probably get about 16 flower shoots coming off that one plant just from one pinching out and it makes for a lovely bushy plant what else am i going larkspur larkspur is a lovely thing to sow when there's a frost coming because they sort of need a bit of a cold weather spurt to kickstart the germination of their seed. It's interesting. So you need to give a bit of cold and warm treatment to larkspur. What else have I got here? Sweet peas. I think if you're only going to sow one thing now, and you don't even need a greenhouse for this, sweet peas are the thing to grow little and often through the winter they're really hardy I thought it was amazing that sweet peas are hardy annuals you kind of think they're so tender and delicate but they're not they're they're really tough so I've got some that I sowed in October here and they're in long 
These are called root trainers. They like a long path for their roots to grow down. And these root trainers are really perfect. You could actually use loo rolls as well. Loo roll liners. I do. do. I tend to use that too. Yes. Loo rolls are really good. Um, I sort of collect. I collect them. I do. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. No, you're not the only one. And then these ones I sewed. I always put the date I sewed on them because I, you know, you always kind of come back and then think, oh, did did I sew them last week? Or they should have germinated by now. And you realise you literally sewed them three days ago. So. <laughs> 31st of January, I sewed these, Starry Night, these are. I sewed these ones, and they like the cool. You don't want them to rock it away. You want them to be growing nice, strong roots below the ground and not get too leggy and tall at this stage. You want nice, bushy, sweet peas plants. The other thing that's my total favourite, and I've kind of gone against my rule. My rule to myself is don't sow too many, because you can get a bit of seed overwhelm when they all germinate. And I've broken that rule because I love anti-rhinums, so like snapdragons. So I've got quite a few. I've, I've got some that I sowed here. They're tiny. They're the tiniest seeds. They're like dust. And they're also half-hardy annuals, but they need a long-growing period. And half-hardy means that you can't put them out before the last frost has passed so they're a bit of a long haul plant but I've got loads and I've actually got some germinating in the house as well so I have broken my own rule. <laughs> it's so easy to do though oh, isn't it no. because you just think particularly this time of year when there's not a lot of colour just want that colour. just want a bit of colour and you've really got to hold back because it's, the light levels are not good and you don't want too many seeds that are struggling for the light at this time of year but just a few kind of keeps you going so I've got my sweet peas in the house I've got something called cabea cabea scandens which is like a climber which is really vigorous it produces these sort of bell shaped purple and white flowers quite sort of tropical looking and they won't flower until August but you have to sow them in January or February and keep them inside until then (laughs) But so that's a bit mad, but I do love those. It's sort of the first seed I grow in the year. It becomes a bit of a sort of ritual. Ami Magus, that's another one to sow. I've got some Ami here. I think I had, I think I had a bit of a mouse come in and literally pulled up all the seedlings. I can only think that that's what it was. So I've repotted them. I was going to throw them away, but I thought they'd still look quite alive so I repotted them and they seem to have recovered but Ami is a bit like cow parsley and it's really lovely and a bunch of flowers and, and and that's actually what you start to think you kind of start to think what goes in a bunch of flowers you know what's your sort of star of the show and what's your filler and then you pop in something a bit I don't know it's a bit different just to zhuzh it up a little bit yeah but I I sort of just tend to grow what I like and then I pick what I see rather than going and picking a bunch for, you know, pink flowers. Because maybe that week I don't have any pink flowers. It's, it's much more sort of spontaneous, I think, growing for yourself. You can just pick what you like. And one week I have an orange bunch and one week I have a purple bunch. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what it's all about. Actually putting too many rules on. You know, there are rules with sewing, but when you're picking, I think it holds us back a bit. And I was the same. I said, well, I can't, I can't arrange flowers. I don't know how to arrange them. And that stops you from picking them because you think, well, I, oh, I'm not a florist. I don't know how to do that stem swirl. And, I, you know, I don't know how to do it. But I say just push that aside a bit and just go and pick the things you like and just bung them in a vase. 
and see what happens. You'll start to fiddle around with them and think, oh, I need a bit more green in that or something will flop. And you think, oh, why did that flop? That's not very good. And you realise, oh, I needed to, what they say, condition them, which is you put them in a big bucket of cold water. I tend to put them in the garage overnight. It's like giving them a drink and a rest before you arrange them. And that means they last so much longer in a vase in the house. It's really good discipline to have. Pick them late in the evening, put them in straight in a bucket of water, put them in the garage or somewhere cold in your house. And then you'll go in in the morning and they will have all perked up and looking quite sort of sturdy. That's a good tip. That's a really good tip. (laughs) Hard not to want to put them straight into a vase. And and sometimes I totally ignore the rules because I want them on the table straight away. But I think you can. You know, when you're doing it for yourself, you can ignore the rules. And that's where you learn, I think. You mentioned my spring border out there. So I've got the most gorgeous hellebores there. Hellebores are a nightmare. Sometimes they work really well in a vase. Sometimes you come up in the morning, they've just gone floppy. They're really, we call them divas. They're total divas. But, you know, you try. Talking to you and being in your beautiful garden and at the moment in your lovely greenhouse, surrounded by your sweet dogs and your chickens. (laughs) I feel very inspired and fantastic advice and tips. Helia, thank you very much. Now, you are on Instagram, aren't you? You have quite a following on Instagram. How can people find you? Oh, yes. Come and look for me at Garden Goddess UK. That's garden underscore goddess underscore UK. Give me a follow and it'd be lovely to see other people and see what they're doing in their garden as well. Thank you so much, Helia. Happy gardening. Thanks very much. Nice to chat. What was the rival to the VHS video format? Which author predicted the Apollo moon landing? Who became the youngest winner of the Wimbledon men's singles title? Petersfield's Shine Radio with Ian Crossman. I have quiz questions on all sorts of topics for you to test your general knowledge and see if you can score the magical five out of five. The Brighter Minds Quiz is proudly supported by Churches College. Every Saturday and Sunday night from nine. Petersfield's Shine Radio. Radio.